reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on the earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue, every say that with me, every tongue. What did you use to say that? Every tongue. Your tongue. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue. Every tongue will one day confess that Jesus is Lord. It's written. It's His Word. God said, My Word will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will not pass away. There is coming a day when every tongue will bow. I mean, every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. It's truth. It's going to happen. The choice is, when will that occur? When will that occur? We were singing this song a moment ago, and I wrote myself a note. We're singing about the trees will bow. Every ocean, the fiercest of ocean, will be still. You know what's the hardest thing to bow? is the obstinate heart of man. It's this toughness inside of a man that says, I will not bow. And God allows that. You know, it's a good thing I'm not God. Because I just beat everybody into submission. <laughs> but He's God. He's a God of love. He's a God that demonstrated His love toward us in this. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God took the initiative to love us and to demonstrate His love for us by sending His one and only Son, the Bible says, to the cross to die in our place, your place, and to bear your sins so that you could have relationship with your Creator. The hardest part to bow isn't a tree, isn't a rock, isn't an ocean. It's the heart of man. But God is the great pit bull of heaven. And He will chase you down until He locks on you. Because He will love you all the way until you surrender. Isn't that wonderful? We're going to celebrate communion right now. So you can be seated. Thanks for staying on your feet there. We're going to ask those that are serving to come and to serve the communion elements to us. And this is more than a ritual. It's a right. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's one of the lasting ordinances that Jesus gave us on the night that he was betrayed. He took bread, he blessed it, and broke it. His disciples were with him, and he began to give it to them. But as he gave it to them, he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat this bread, eat it in remembrance of me. You guys could do that sometime today. It would be helpful. <laughs> I'm impatient here. <laughs> I'm getting organized. Okay, gentlemen, go right ahead. Get it out there. We're going to hold this until everybody's been served, then we'll celebrate together. So Jesus, by breaking the bread and handing it to his disciples, gave them the symbol 
of the truth that his body was about to be beaten, whipped, torn, broken. Use the word scourged, rejected. The Bible says prophetically before, you know, hundreds of years before Christ came, Isaiah the prophet said that he would be wounded so badly that we wouldn't even be able to recognize him. His appearance would be so marred that there would be no beauty about him that we would desire him. But in that quiet evening as they were just breaking the bread, the Passover meal, you're saying, this is represents my body. It's going to be broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So we find this shift from Old Testament to New Testament where it was the Passover meal to what we call the Lord's Supper or communion. One was a forward-looking, one was a completion. Thank you. After supper, he took the cup. And for the first time in history, held it up to someone else and said, This is my blood. It's my blood. The blood of a covenant. You know, all the covenants in the Bible are sealed with blood. The blood has to be there. Why? Because with, the Bible says, Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. In the Old Testament, it was animal sacrifice. It was. We're going to talk about that a little bit today but and tie it together. But in the sacrifice of an animal, the blood was shed and the life was poured out. And that life being taken shows for us what Paul said in Romans chapter 3, that the wages of sin is death. And because there was sin, something had to die. Death was the result of sin. All the way back to Adam and Eve. You know, on the day that you eat that fruit... In other words, in the day you disobey God and you break covenant relationship with your Creator, you will die. What was the lie that Satan came along with? Will you really die? Look, you ate it. You're not dead. What they didn't recognize is that he was speaking to them of their spiritual man being cut off from relationship with the Father. From that day forward, we have inherited sin in our gene structure. Right? Our DNA says we were created in sin. We were formed in, as disobedient children of God. And God moved toward us. He said, I'm going to send my son. He's going to be the once for all sacrifice for sin. I'm glad for Jesus. I'm glad for the broken body. I'm glad for the shed blood of Christ. Without it, there's no way to be friends with God. There just isn't. You know, there's not a lot of roads that lead to, to God as some people would have us try to believe that. All roads lead to the same place. The truth is, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man. How many? No, no man comes to the Father unless he comes through me. This is our moment to remember these things. And to stir our hearts and say, I'm glad to be in Christ. And I'm glad to have Christ in me. Paul the Apostle said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Oh man, I could preach eight messages this morning. I would love to. Well, I'll hold it to one. Is that all right? <laughs> Christ in you, the hope of glory. Last week, if some of you weren't here last week, 
God said he was putting his glory over us. And that his presence was a shield about us. He was our glory and the lifter of our head. Right out of Psalm 3. It's my glory and the lifter of my He's granting his presence. He's granting his glory. We're not going to have his glory. He's going to share it with us that it becomes our protection and a shield about us. It's good to be in Christ and have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Father, you are so wonderful. And Jesus, I I thank you that, that it's not hard to come to you. Thank you that you made it simple so even I could get there. You said this is the work of God that a man or woman should believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word says believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Lord, I know that's more than just a mental assent or an acknowledgement of some factual historic, historic comment. But you're asking us to put our faith in you. You're asking us to believe that what you've told us is true and that we would say, without Christ, I'm lost. But with Christ, I'm saved. Your word says, he that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son of God does not have life. And so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Some of you have not given your heart to Jesus. You've just not done it. Can you imagine with me that for a moment he brought you here this morning so that you could hear the truth one more time and that he would invite you to surrender. Jesus is calling your name. He wants your heart. He died for it. He took your pain. He took your punishment. He took your penalty so that he could prove to you how much he loves you. Would you push down the obstinate heart of man and cause it along with the trees and the rocks and the hills and the oceans to bow before this king of kings if you're willing to surrender your life to Jesus I want you to pray this prayer I'll just lead you as I wouldn't assume you would know how but he wants to hear you say this you can just repeat it to him right where you're sitting Lord Jesus I see it clearly. I'm the sinner. You're the Savior. I have no hope of salvation in myself. I've tried. I've tried a lot of avenues. None of them have satisfied. I surrender my heart to you this morning. And I invite you to forgive my sin. And to give me new life. I need to be born again by your spirit I want to come into covenant relationship with you thank you for being my sacrifice thank you for saving my life I want to live for you I want to follow you I want to understand more of what I have never understood before today save me Jesus And I thank you for it. Amen. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray that you will take each one up on their prayer this morning. 
all across this room, Lord, there are new hearts that you are causing birth to happen in. And these are your children. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus, for translating them right now from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of your love. Let them understand and let them sense this new birth inside of them. Remove their sins, like your word says, as far as east is from west. And bring them into your kingdom today. We thank you for new brothers and sisters in Jesus. As we come to communion. Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, this is my body. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. Let's remember what Jesus has done for us together in this simple act this morning. Let's take it together. the blood of Jesus it washes white as snow Lord we honor you this morning with this small cup remembering once again that you shed your blood that we might be in covenant relationship with you thank you for it let's drink it gracious Jesus Thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen. You can just slide those, stack them up to an aisle, and they'll pick those up. Good morning, Casey. Surprise. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Is that you? me in this machine over here. I always like to walk in front of it and I shouldn't do that. Ladies, did you get a beautifully colored handbill in your bulletin this morning? No? Gentlemen? Usher folks? Well, there's some half sheets out there for the extraordinary women. I'm going to hum again here. What about the what? Regular women. Oh. There are no regular women. <laughs> Got it. Ladies, these are for you. Mm-hmm. And in a moment, we're going to show you a little clip, but we want to make sure you got this personally. Invited to. You can't come. Good, they're coming. All right. Ladies, did you get one? Did these ladies, would you make sure they get those? Mr. Dominator. Dominator. Don't know if you'll be able to do that or not. How are we doing? we get some in this row? 
Everybody good? Should have made that bigger print for you, huh? Sophie, sorry. I mean, like the size of a billboard. We're going to circulate this clipboard. We missed this whole roll. Women hungry for God. Motivation, inspiration to go from ordinary to extraordinary. You are good. You believe that? By passing it, road road, and put it over the shoulder at the end and make it happen if you're planning on coming so we can plan on you. We are a satellite site for CCN and for this conference simulcast, and it's, it's live across the nation. We're just going to be seeing it in here on the screen. And uh, you ladies, we'd love to have you come and enjoy the day. And there's going to be snacks and lunch, and it'll be fun. Okay? All right. Now, I have a, you know, we're a, we're a cell church, and if on the back of your bulletin you look, there's some lists of small groups or cells. We call them lighthouses. And um, we're kind of known as Lighthouse on the Mountain, and that's why you've got these pictures of lighthouses around the sanctuary. And each of our, our cell groups we call a lighthouse, and they have a lighthouse keeper. In fact, lighthouse keepers, where are you? Would you stand just for a moment? These are the folks that uh, are leading lighthouses all around the community. Thank you. God bless you. And uh, these are some of those whose names are on the back of your bulletin. One of our more obscure lighthouses is in a proper place. It's in the Ventura Harbor. And uh, we actually have a lighthouse up there. This is... Uh, this is the approach uh, to the to our lighthouse there, and uh, the next picture. You can't you need to turn some lights off or something. Can you see that? Put it should put a different border around it. That is the SV three and one. I forget how long it is, but it's a single masted sailing ship, and we run a lighthouse cell group on that boat. Did some of you know that? What's the next slide? Maybe a different picture. That's a different view of it. Uh, can you? How would you like to run your cell group there? How many of you have ever been on a single-masted, skinny little boat like that? And we give our greetings to those guys at the SV3 and 1 because they're going to listen to us today again as they run their cell group. And uh, Bob and Jolene Taylor are lighthouse keepers there in the harbor. Now, he sent me an email this week, and that's why I wanted to put this up, is because he said that we're having a problem with our lighthouse gathering, and we want your advice. Uh, the next slide will show us the problem. They have a parking issue. And now imagine you're in the harbor. Everybody lives on boats in the harbor. So when it's time for cell group, they get in their dinghies and make their way through the harbor and pull up at the back of the SB 3 and 1. And they'll get on the back end of the boat, which I'm sure there's a proper name for. And, uh, but the question was this, Bob asked. The next slide. Should we use a 10-pound or a 20-pound anchor for these guys when they come and park? I thought that was just humorous. It's probably a valid question, though. You know, do I set my emergency brake or not? <laughs> so I, I thought we could recommend a 10-pound anchor would probably work just fine, since I was close proximity and everybody could see if there was something happening. Otherwise, they'd have to give up room in the dinghy for somebody if they were using a 20-pound anchor. <clears throat> so I think a 10-pound anchor is fine. What do you think? Okay, SV3 and 1, we send you our greetings via the uh, Internet here this morning and tell you 10-pound looks good to us. 
keep up the good work in the Ventura Harbor. Isn't that fun? So we have a lighthouse in the right place in a harbor. Okay. Speaking of lighthouses and progress, can you bring that with me? Because I can't go over there. They've got me trapped. I can't go in front of that speaker. I invite Kayla Fengler to come and stand with us this morning. Kayla has completed, well, she got saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, you know, that's not something we made up. The Bible says when we come to Christ, we've, we experience salvation. We're saved from our old past. We're, we're saved from something and we're saved to something, right? We're saved from being in our lost state and separated from God to having eternal life and having a trip to heaven included. You know, have you ever seen the church signs? You know, we should put it up on ours. You know, free trip to heaven, uh, details inside. <clears throat> That's what we do here is we talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. And, you know, like, Kayla, give her heart to Jesus. When, when did that happen? October 12th. October, oh, October 12th, 08. Wow. That's a cell phone. I, I thought maybe Jesus was coming. That's a great ringtone. We're ascending right now. It's happening. Oh, I got excited there. Just for a second. That's quite a ring. Um, a little distraction, but anyway. Not even been a year. So in less than a year, she's following Jesus. She has finished the pre-encounter, gone to the encounter weekend, finished post-encounter. And yesterday we spent a lot of time doing the discovery, which is discover you and discover us. It's part of our uh, helping people understand how God built them, according to Romans chapter 12, and the gifts, motivational gifts of the scriptures. And then also giving her a picture of what Christian Center is as a local church, a local expression of the uh, universal body of Christ. And she is elected to become a member of Christian Center. And so this morning I'm going to invite the elders that are present to come. And we're going to enter into covenant relationship with her as a member of our congregation. Now, we put membership, as you can hear, all those steps that happen, it's way down the list. Sorry. <laughs> I need to gesture that quickly. Um, membership in the church won't get you to heaven, right? Do's and don'ts. The church people do this and don't do this. Those lists, you could probably fulfill some of those lists that churches offer before you go to membership, but you'd never go to heaven because being a member in a church doesn't get you to heaven. Being a member of the body of Christ and accepting Jesus as your Savior, some of you prayed this morning and invited Jesus to be the ruler of your life, the Lord and Savior of your life. That gets you to heaven. But there's that moment when you say, I need to be in covenant relationship and be put into the body of Christ where God wants me. And I'm going to read a, uh, just a couple of verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we didn't read yesterday, we just talked about. But this is where um, Paul talks about us being a part of the body of Christ. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. 
The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And he continues, I won't read the whole passage, it's rather long. But in verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And we, we look at this and we think, God has sets people in the body where he wants them to be. I believe everything works better if it's plugged in. Amen? And we were talking yesterday, I, I, this was new news to me, I'm not a phys ed or a, uh, a doctor type student, but I understand that if you remove the ligaments, your joints fall apart. The bones aren't made to stick together without ligaments around them. I thought, wow, how important are the ligaments? They're like those rubber, but if you didn't have bones, you'd just have all these rubber bands. You'd look like a boneless chicken ranch. You know. Anyway, that's, a, that's, an, old, that's an old picture. Um, so Kayla is saying, I want to be a part of this local expression of the Body of Christ Christian Center. And so this is what we enter into between the elders and those that make this choice. It's also one of the steps towards leadership here. It says, the elders of Big Bear Christian Center enter into covenant relationship with you. We solemnly accept this charge before God and this congregation, committing ourselves to your spiritual welfare and protection, and by God's grace to serve you and be available at all times to the best of our ability. Her response is included here, and it says, As a born-again Christian belonging to the universal body of Christ, I hereby publicly identify myself with Big Bear Christian Center, accepting the privileges, responsibilities, and discipline of a committed member. I pledge by God's grace to be loyal to each member of the body and to serve them by living a life in accordance with the standard of the Word of God. And I've signed this and dated it, and there's a place for her to sign that as well. And we welcome this. It's nice to grow your family. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Kayla. And Lord, we know that there's great responsibility included in this covenant relationship. And so we accept it, both parties. Lord, as you've demonstrated to us by covenant, you gave everything first. It was not a contract. Wherein if we failed, you would abandon us. But you expressed covenant to us 100% love and acceptance and forgiveness. Thank you for